If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Rogue Media. <laughs> Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. What? It's been so long. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh my gosh. Bell, did you just jump? Is this you, you, or is this you from several years ago, you that just jumped to the present, which is my present, but your future? Yes, exactly that. Excellent. Then you've, I've got so many questions for you. Like, are the time rates supposed to sh- like show up around this time? Or you know what? We'll, we'll talk all about that a little bit later as we dive into this awesome episode of The Flash. I think uh, tonight's episode is one that I don't know about you, but I am extremely hyped to talk about because so much speculation exists and so much speculation was thrown out the window. You know, Bell, you and I, we've been doing this whole Flash podcasting thing for a couple of years. And on occasion... You know, I like to make speculations of such. And, you know, when I'm right, I I, I do a little happy dance. Uh, happy dance is the understatement of the decade. It's the I told you so dance. That's what it is. I, I, I do the I told you so dance. Well, after this last past episode, pretty much the entire Internet is doing the I told you so dance to me. And so I just yes. want to get that up front out of the way and say I appreciate that. I respect it. And, uh, and you know, something else that I want to let you know, dear listener, is that I respect you, especially those of you who are helping make this show happen through our Patreon account. Uh, in fact, actually, uh, during the last couple of episodes, uh, during the hiatus that we've had, we've actually got a new patron joining at the Brain Trust level. Big shout out to Joshua R. Meat. Excellent. We're going to be looking forward to working with you, Joshua, in the future. Absolutely. Your brain is in our trust. We're Vice versa? Well, we trust your brain what does, because it's in our brain trust. Okay, that's that one. That's That would be more accurate. So we're not going to surgically remove Joshua's brain. Uh, offers on the table. No, 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 no. no. Let's not but it's do voluntary. That. Let's not do that. But uh, we do want to give a, a big thanks to him and all of the folks who are making this show happen at patreon.com slash TV talk. It's because of you that we're able to bring you this content as quickly and as uh, at the quality that you enjoy it. I also want to say, you know, these last couple of episodes, we also put out some bonus episodes that even our patrons, they, you know, the, the way we, we've got everything set up is uh, if you become a patron, you're supporting the show at uh, a level specifically related to the episodes tied into the TV series. We actually did a bonus episode, Arrow TV Talk, as a reward for those that uh, have been helping make this show happen. We even actually did a, a fun episode during the Hydus as well as a, as kind of a, a bonus bonus episode uh, talking about this new Injustice video game that's coming out, Injustice Two, which Electric dude, Boogaloo. I'm super hyped hyped for. Yeah, you know, I when I I don't know, I, I'm like a Red Lantern. I, I liked playing them in Hero Clicks. It was really fun. And so when I saw Atrocitus was on there, I was like totally on board. Yeah. And plus, then I saw all the different other things that they're doing with like the costumes and whatnot and like the costume creator uh, thing. And, and it's just, 
it's and I haven't played a fighting game in so long, and this one's DC, and oh man, yeah, it's just gonna be good. It's gonna be a fun one. And hey, we do a, a complete deep dive into you know the costumes, the characters that have been announced, the game, and, and what our speculation is for that coming up. That's all in the uh, Flash Game Talk episode that came out right before this one. So if you're interested, check that out. And I think we enjoyed talking about it so much that we want to open it up and do a actual Flash TV Talk online gamer meetup. So if you are getting the game Injustice 2 uh, and you want to uh, play on launch date, uh, let's do it. Let's make that happen. May 16th, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is right after the airing of the penultimate episode of this season of The Flash. So basically, you go, I guess I guess if you're on this coast, that is to say, uh, you go and you watch the episode of The Flash, uh, you enjoy it right afterwards, jump online. If you're on PS4, you can play with me. If you're on Xbox Live, you'll be able to play with Bell. We'll all play some uh, Injustice 2, and it should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. All the details are up on our Facebook page. we got an event set up for it, so you can find it there. And yeah, we'll be reminding you as we get a little bit closer to that. So May 16th, 8 p.m., CS Flash TV Talk, Game Night, PS4, Xbox Live, Injustice 2. It's going to be fun. Uh, Bell, without further ado, I think it's time we've got to jump into this episode. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. Episode 19 of Season 3, The Once and Future Flash, directed by Tom Cavanaugh and story by Karina Adley McKenzie. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Killer Frost escapes after attacking Team Flash. Barry travels to 2024 to discover Savitar's identity, where he learns from Cisco that much has changed. Cisco lost his powers after Killer Frost shattered his hands. HR becomes a successful novelist. Julian works in Iron Heights, tending to Killer Frost. Wally is catatonic after Savitar shattered his spine. Joe is depressed and bitter. And the future Barry has become a recluse, hiding in the remnants of Star Labs. In his absence, Sam Scudder and Rosalind Dillon have taken over Central City. Barry fails to learn Savitar's identity from future Barry and Killer Frost, who have allied with Savitar. Sisko secretly uses a device to prevent Barry from returning to the past, hoping he will put things right. Understanding his role in what happened, Barry rounds up Julian, Joe, and HR and apologizes to them for breaking his promise, effectively reuniting Team Flash in the future. Scudder and Dillon overwhelm Barry with their powers, but future Barry, handing, having overheard Barry uses Cisco's device to negate the villain's ability and help Barry capture them. Future Barry gives Barry information for a Speed Force trap and tells him to find a physicist named Tracy Brand who developed the trap four years after Iris' death. In the present, Killer Frost meets with Savitar, who offers her the chance to eliminate Caitlyn Snow forever. She is reluctant until Savitar reveals his identity to her. Okay, right off the bat, man, a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode, but I think first that we got to pull... Uh, kind of as viewers pull back outside of the fiction and look at how this episode was made, we got to give major props to Tom Kavanaugh. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is his first episode that he's directed of the series. Uh, I do not recall ever seeing his name in the directed byline. And it makes sense that he would give his character the freaking Indiana, jo- you know, Professor Jones setup with all the, you know, the, the ladies in the audience giving him the quote unquote doomy eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely... Uh, Everything, yeah. <laughs> Director's decision there. right there. Like, you know, I'm yeah. sure in the script it was like, oh, and HR is a, is a popular author. And, and you know, Tom Kavanaugh's like, well, I can change oh. things up here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> HR is a powerful sex symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go ahead and address it. So HR Vitar, rest in peace. Dead. That gone. theory is completely out. It's, it's not It's not happening. 
you know, I thought, I, you know, I don't know if it was just kind of a, a little mislead early on in the episode, but when they very, you know, when uh, Barry comes in, he talks to Cisco, Cisco's giving them a rundown of where everybody is. Uh, he mentions very specifically that HR went on to other things. And I was like, ooh, HR went on to other things. Oh, uh, 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 HR Vitar. Yeah, no, no. I think the very fact that we saw HR as a romance novel uh, publisher. Yeah, HR Vitar. It made so much sense to me, but um, it's out. It's out. Well, that, that that does now bring up a question: Is who is the guy on the roof with the gun? Is that is that HR or is that Harry? No, I mean, I I good good. That's a good question. I have no earthly idea. I thought about that a lot uh, during the the second half of this episode. Um, you know, the fact that you know if this uh, if they are in fact keeping HR and in fact you know he is going to you know maintain this Earth at least in this you know this version of the timeline. Uh, we actually see an HR who for, you know, several years down the road is is actively participant, an active participant in this timeline, which is interesting to me, Bell. And, and I'm a little nervous if they're going to con- keep this up. I like HR like they've they've sold me on him. I get him. I get his appeal uh, mm-hmm. and, and I get the dynamic that he offers up to the team. Um, but I think that they set themselves up in the long run for a lot of potential continuity errors. Um, and what I mean by that is that it was established pretty early on that, uh, for example, HR is not going under the the name of HR, right? Like he's going based on his partner's name. He's wearing his partner's face. He's essentially assuming the identity of his partner of Earth-19, but on our Earth. Yet in the future, his book very specifically said HR Wells. Well, yeah, but but but, you know the Wells that was the murderer wasn't HR Wells. Okay. So you think, so you think at some point in between the present and the potential future that we saw HR has done away with his fake identity and started kind of a new identity of HR Wells. Is he wearing his face or is he wearing his partner's face? Well, he's probably still wearing, I, I don't know. Maybe he's wearing his partner's face because I mean, you know, he doesn't look like him. So the name yeah, just a coincidence, you know. I still think that's a little dirty. We're like, like you're picking up ladies, but you're wearing like, you know, somebody else's face. Nobody else think that's weird or like problematic. Uh, maybe if like you know Tom Cavanaugh was like a hideous, hideous person, but he's not. He's pretty <laughs> so, handsome, dude. So, so it's okay as long as the other face is attract. I still think that's a little weird, man. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's weird. It's weird, but like you know, it's not like a complete, you know. Oh yes, and actually, Captain Dooley points out a great. Uh, situation with this in the in the reading there's a picture of his face specifically and it is tom cavanagh's face not the face of you know the one that we saw when he uh did the face-off thing i uh, know that's because we were included as the audience nah, in the little like that's not flash how thing. that works no 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 that's not how that works <laughs> prove me that that i'm wrong prove i'm just me. saying man by maintaining hr in this universe if they don't address the fact that like if if they if they can't make HR be Harrison Wells uh, in the public eye, it's going to long term cause some problems. I, I mean, I just I, I see that being kind of a constant continuity situation. Now, you can you can headcanon your way around it. Like I said, um, you know, maybe sometime between the present and the this version of the future, HR decided that, you know, he was going to take the mask off and, and he was going to come out as like Harrison Wells, long lost brother, you know, Harry Wells or something of that nature. And, you know pop up on the scene like that but you know one way or the other you can head cannon your way around it in this scenario long term if we're going to maintain hr i think that's going to cause some problems unless they address it 
Sure, but like, here's the thing, though, right? Uh, you you got to understand that uh, this is a world where metahumans exist, and everyone is aware of them. Uh, I don't think it's it's completely out of left field for for HR to be like, yeah, okay, so the guy who murdered all those people, uh, that was a metahuman who took my identity. Sure, you could. Eat, like, yes, granted, you could go with that explanation. Point being, though, you have to have that explanation. And the other thing too, man, I think. Didn't they even address the fact that once metahumans started showing up, most criminals were like blaming everything on metahumans? Uh, I think so, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and the cops are kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. It, was, it wasn't it was you. It was a doppelganger, you know, or something of that. Well, name. maybe Barry went back in time and, you know, when when uh, Eobard, as HR, was recording his video, he's like, hey, pst, uh, bro, uh, can you throw in a little line about this dude named HR Wells and that you're not him and that this whole thing was a big misunderstanding? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, you know, the chat room is kind of commenting about the fact that uh, the the writers, you know, they, they slip up. They may have completely forgotten. The fact of the matter is the viewers have not. And so at some point, uh, and th- that's the thing, the writing staff on the show, I mean, it rotates out. At some point, a writer is going to come into it that's that's a, a, you know, a long fan of the show and it's going to sneak that in. We, we just got to figure out who that is. We got to figure out who the uh, the flash writer that's an ally of the fans can go in. And, well, like, like I got the was, scene. I got the scene. It, it, it's an old guy he's sitting in a recliner and he's watching HR on television and he's shaking his fist going, wait a second. I know that guy from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it? Was it the, was it the uh, runaway dinosaur episode? It was, I don't know if it was a Kevin Smith episode or not, but there was one episode in particular in which there was like a moment where Cisco and someone else like take the time to explain very specifically how Harrison Wells in season one was not Harrison Wells. That was Eobard Thawne. It almost felt like whoever wrote that line, they get it. They're the voice of those of us that are out here. They get a little frustrated when, you know, they, they kind of quote unquote dumb it down a little bit. Like, well, we'll just pretend as if everybody has a baseline understanding. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like it totally. when they don't, they don't talk down to us. I like it. I like it when there's some thought put behind that. H.R. Wells continuity errors notwithstanding, uh, we are now in the the future. I loved, by the way, the episode title, the the, the concept of the once in future flash. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So Barry comes into the scene, uh, finds his emo future self. Why 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 they always got to go emo, man? Did you get some emo Peter Parker, you know, Spider Man three vibes from uh, <laughs> from this version of Barry Allen? Uh, yeah, it was it was. <laughs> pretty much exactly what i was thinking the whole time was like did they did they raid the you know costume uh costume shop from sony and like just grab the emo wig that they made uh uh what's his face wear <laughs> it even had the little split like little little hair running down the face in the exact same place it was, it was a little bit longer than uh the peter parker <laughs> yeah that's true it's been seven years as opposed to however long it was in spider-man yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess this is, I mean, I, in all fairness, I can't buy this version of Barry Allen. If he goes dark, I can kind of see him being an emo. I mean, he's, yeah, he's very much, I mean, he's a millennial, right? Uh, yeah. He's 26 now, 27. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause he was young. He was young. He was pretty young when he came onto the scene. I want to say he's 25, right? Will Benson saying he grew his hair up, but no facial hair. Yeah, I know. That's that's typically you see the beard. But um, I also buy that this version of Barry Allen can't grow a beard. No offense to Grant Gustin, but that, yeah, that, that's not a beard face. No, that, that it's pretty, pretty baby face. Flash. That's, that's a pretty baby face flash. But um, but yeah, no, I, I do buy that uh, if he goes dark, then this makes sense for who he is. 
Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, completely essentially divorced himself from the rest of the team. He, he feels very responsible for everything that's happened. Um, you know, it's interesting actually to see the interaction between him and his younger self. Uh, there's almost a dismissive nature of what's going on. In fact, you know, the very, I mean, the, the fact that Barry, this version of Barry has no memory of himself from the past coming to the future. You would think that would give him hope. You know what I mean? Like you would think like, like, oh, a younger me is here, yet I have no memory of me myself going to the future. That means we can change this. Like this is a completely devoid of hope, Barry Allen, which hope very much is the symbol of who Barry Allen is. And so this, in many, in many respects, he is the reverse flash. Yes. But I, I love how they, how, how they explain how Barry, you know, got broken. You know, because uh, uh, you're you're right. Like you know, he's he's completely opposite of who he is now. He's he's, mm. he's this hopeless character. But uh, the way he explains like how he was broken, which is great, talking about the moment that Iris died, because he's a speedster, right? He experiences time differently, and so he's going to experience that moment like it was an eternity, and that was enough to break him. And I thought that was really a really neat way to uh, to to show that. And and obviously mm-hmm. it shows in how he's behaving now that he is emo. Barry Allen. <laughs> it was great to see Cisco, um, you know, Cisco, literally a broken man, um, not just emotionally, but, but literally with his hands taken off, uh, bell, we got a chance to finally see that scene that was, uh, referenced earlier in the, in this, in this season with him going toe to toe with killer frost, man, w- what an amazing uh, twist on that. You know, like I, I think we thought, well, maybe what we're actually seeing is a training exercise and it's not actually bad. No, we did not see the full effect of what that fight scene would yield. Um, yeah. That he would literally get his hands frozen off and, and thus his power taken away from him. Uh, yeah. And that, that's interesting, too, is because Cisco's still alive. Yeah. But what do you Oh, because wait, what do you mean? Well, OK, so uh, I, I'm trying to, get to figure out the timeline here just in my head, uh, because Caitlin wouldn't care about Cisco not to love him alive but why not just kill him like his hands are are gone just kill him uh but she didn't now was this because uh they had that fight before she met Savitar or afterwards I think definitely afterwards okay well that's interesting to me because like the, the, her meeting with Savitar and I'm kind of jumping around here but uh her meeting with Savitar you know expunged the Caitlyn Snow from Killer Frost and so you would figure any sort of sentimentality that she might have had towards Cisco uh, would be gone and that why why not kill him I well mean, i mean but think about it like isn't this if the if she's going for like a very painful end up like isn't it worse to take away his arms take away his power and force him to live his life in that capacity yeah but i don't know killer frost just seems to be more like a just you know she's not like one to be out there and uh uh, you know, torture people. She's more like out for herself and, and, and all those kinds of things. We, and so she, you know, you say that, but we really don't know what killer frost is all about yet. We haven't spent enough time with her. Um, you know, and I, I'm not this idea that killer frost is completely a different person from who Caitlin is. I don't know that I fully buy that. Uh, I actually, I liked that Barry still like, like he still treated her as if she is Caitlyn. He didn't. He didn't treat her like she is completely a separate person. He said, "I'm going to save you, not I'm going to save her." You yeah. know what I mean? So he gets it. It almost kind of reminds me of someone who's had like a brain aneurysm. You know what I mean? Like, um, keep going. So, so what I mean is that, like, 
like so all right so i i've i've got someone close to me who um had a uh, kind of a a brain aneurysm and they were a complete not a completely but but very much a a different person emotionally before than they were afterwards like afterwards they became very cold and very blunt and very Oh, okay. So you mean like, uh, yeah, yeah. Traumatic brain injuries and how they change personality. Exactly. And so that's the way that I kind of see killer frost is it, it's the same person. Um, but there, there's, there's definitely been a rewiring there. And, and so filters gone. Exactly. And so, you know, I kind of see that as kind of her situation and the idea, you know, Barry saying, I'm going to save you at that stage in the game. Obviously she's so far gone that even her Apple necklace is not going to like, you know, pull her back. So the idea for Barry to say that is very much to prevent her going too far down that route to get her back to Apple bracelet, you know, our Apple necklace status. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, she destroyed it anyway. So. uh, Well, Cisco can always build another one as long as he got the hands. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. I don't know. He yeah, could do an yeah, Apple watch. Yeah, that, that, he could do an Apple bracelet. He could do an Apple anklet. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of accessories you can do there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Apple earbuds. Yeah. 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 We cover the, the killer frost earbuds with little icicles <laughs> hanging from her ears. Like that would work. Frost by Dre. Yeah. <laughs> frost, frost by Cisco. Frost by Cisco. Frost by Cisco. Of course. Yes. I liked that Cisco, the way that he interacted with Barry, you know, there's this idea, you know, I, if you've got a friend who's estranged from you for some time and then you see them and, and you, you get a chance to spend time with them, you almost kind of like remember what it was like spending time before they were estranged. And that was kind of the sense that I got from Cisco dealing with younger Barry, not just, Oh, this is finding somebody in my friend. This is literally a long lost friend. This is somebody who, even though the present him is there, it's not his friend from years back. Like Barry, this is a Barry that represents the greatest moments in this Cisco's life. And so the the desire for Barry to come in and save the day for, to be the hero, man, I I felt for future Cisco. Like like Oh man, I felt real bad for him. So heartbroken. And the other thing too is, I mean, this is just the reality of time travel. You know, there's there's a point at which it's like Cisco could be like, here's the blueprints, go back, change everything for the love of God. Like, you know. That that could be the way that that this Barry could help, but this Cisco's like, no, this is my pain now, and I want you to help fix my pain now, not erase it, just fix it. And uh, and I I, I kind of I vibed with him, pun not intended. <laughs> well, do you think that maybe he knew that uh, that Barry got the tech to beat Savitar after Iris's death, and that like it wouldn't necessarily help him? I don't. No. Um, you know, I almost feel like everybody involved doesn't necessarily have an end game with the scenario. Like when future Barry, like even Barry coming into the future, he's just here for information. And he says that over and over again. He doesn't really have an end game for what he what it is he wants to do other than just go in, get the information and kind of go from there. Even when he's like, you know, Cisco, let's get the gang back together and we'll go save the city. You know, is his plan like now he's just going to live seven years into the future and that's going to be his like norm, you know, because ideally, you know, he would have to constantly do that. Uh, so I don't feel like he had really an end game in mind. I don't know that Cisco really thought it out all the way through future Barry. Clearly, you know, like I said, he's living in a state of hopelessness. So it's not like he's got a plan that's going on. Julian, man, Julian is uh, he's living a weird life, right? Yeah. So he's got, I mean, he, he's got girlfriend and behind glass. It's like sleeping beauty, but not asleep. It's like snow white. 
Snow White. That's what I meant. Yes. Right? No. Caitlin Snow. Ah, uh, yes. Wait, wait, does Snow White fall asleep? I don't remember. These they pieces. both fall asleep. There's a there's a very there's a very weird theme about women falling asleep in a lot of their own stories. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Uh, but but yeah, no. So uh, so you got you got Caitlin behind. Like so, he's basically monitoring her, and like he lives, I guess, this almost exiled life. Right? He created uh, Killer Frost from the from the moment that he decided to rip off the the apple necklace. So it's his responsibility now, and he probably feels that burden on his shoulders. Do you get the sense that at this stage, like he still loves her? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why else would he take care of her like that? I think, well, see, I, I got it more from the standpoint of he felt responsible, not that he still like felt this emotional attachment to her. He he was very, he was very cold. And I, I again, pun not intended, but how can you not? But he, he really was. He was cold to even to her and to everybody else. And it's more of like, I did this. I decided to keep her alive. And now it's almost like, He's caring for her as a paraplegic. Well, yeah, because, well, he's caring for her in the hope that he can bring Caitlyn back. I, I don't I, think I, he thinks that Caitlyn's coming back, man. I don't think he thinks he can do it. Maybe not at this point. Maybe at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. And now he's just kind of stuck in this situation. Um, by the way, speaking of uh, paraplegic, so we got we got Wally, who is a, you know, we, we use the term, term broken a lot. And we have with, you know, Barry and Cisco, Wally, all of these people, all of the, these characters are in a completely broken world. This is a broken timeline and Wally just sitting there in just this brain dead state, um, is, I, I mean, it's horrifying. So I'm kind of, cause his, his back was broken. And so yes, now he can't use the speed force. He can't run. So that would, that would hurt him. Uh, a lot, but I'm wondering if perhaps Wally saw who Savitar was, and that's what actually made him catatonic. Mm, hold that thought, because we'll be going back there. Wally, seeing Wally kind of in that in that state, you know, even just the the concept of the wheelchair. Like, you know, whenever I see a character in the series in a wheelchair, it's always going to evoke moments of you know season one and Eobard Thawn. Um, do you do you feel like I mean like is there an intentional reference there to the wheelchair throwing back to Eobarthon or do you think it's just more of the dichotomy of here's a speedster? Uh, I don't know. It might have been just a little you know w- wink and nod back to uh, back to HG Eobard, but yeah, I don't know. When you think about it, everybody's power was taken away in this future. Vibe his his arms, his hands, the source of his power was taken away. Wally. Uh, his ability to to move, his source of his power was taken away. Barry, his hope, the hope that he's able to give everybody around him and the hope that fuels him, that was taken away. And of course, Joe, his children were taken away from him. The Joe, like the source of his power is being super dad. That is always, yeah. I'm serious, man. Like that is, that is who he has been and that, that's who he is for this team. And that's been taken away from him. The only person who whose future was not taken away or whose power was not taken away was HR. You know what I mean? Like, what's because he has his drumsticks? Well, okay. So is that is that that's That's the the source source of of his his power? power. (laughs) I mean, it's 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 pretty it's pretty obvious. Uh That's you know, I mean, like his kiss. I mean, he risks cutting his hands off to save them in in the the second Indiana Jones reference. Right, right. uh, Of this episode. (laughs) That's good. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a fair point. Fair point. Uh, but it is, I mean, it is note noteworthy that, you know, everybody else is, is in kind of a broken state except for him. Joe, you know, I, I love the way that they actually did the interaction because, 
you know, I, I even thought about it in the cemetery. The moment that Joe turns around, he's going to recognize that that's, you know, that's not his son or, or more accurately, that's his son from earlier on. But, uh, but, you know, so the idea of, of having the back turned and, and having kind of the conversation that Joe probably should be having with emo Barry. And even like at the end, right. The, the resolution, uh, as Barry gets team flashback together and he says very, you know, Joe's like, I don't know which one of you to hug first. And younger Barry's like, Oh, I know who needs a hug. It's future me. Like, <laughs> you know, like He's that. like, I do. I mean, he does. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Barry got his hug, uh, you know, back in the present when, um, you know, he, he goes in and, and they shares that, that, you know, tear jerk moment with, uh, with Joe. I mean, like that's, so, so you've got that. You've got that resolution on two different levels. And even Future Flash coming back into play as the hero, right? Stepping up. Barry, the Barry, the present Barry inspires hope into the future hopeless Barry. And so, you know, we see him, you know, restored as the hero. Um, so anyway, I, I, I just want to say, man, overall, this episode, fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I really liked the new Flash suit, and I want to see that again oh my gosh yes i mean like you know cisco was saying that the one that he was wearing was circa 2017 which would imply that 2018 is going to provide a new suit well potentially or maybe it's 2024 who knows well i mean if that's like if, if it was uh if theoretically if the 2017 suit would have to be different for the 2018 suit otherwise cisco would have said you know the 2018 suit not the 2017 suit yeah, i suppose i'm just saying, just saying have they had a new suit every season uh, I mean, they've made minor adjustments. Um, actually we need to have, well, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. They've made minor adjustments. Uh, but, but I think for the most part, um, I think for the most part, it is pretty similar. You know, obviously you've got the, the, uh, the emblem has changed. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was some adjustments to the cowl as well. Yeah. Let's talk really quick about the villains. So you got uh mirror master and top who seem to be working, uh, this, future central city is as kind of their own uh, admittedly actually when we saw top ooh, i kind of didn't recognize her at first you know i i didn't quite put two and two together like i guess because the, the costume was so different and everything else i actually thought they were going to go a different route with her i thought that she was going to be like the daughter of vertigo kind of in a daughter of the joker type way oh yeah no i didn't i didn't, I didn't no so you knew it was top immediately yeah, I recognize recognize the actors. All right, that's on me then. <laughs> that's that's totally on me. I mean, it's only been seven years. The funny thing is, once I, when I was trying to, I was like, "Oh, is she somehow related to Vertigo? Is that is that what's going on?" But then when I saw Mirror Master, his arm pop, you know, or when I saw the mirror do the ripples, I was like, "Oh, okay, it's top." And so it, it all it all came together at that point. But um, interesting choice for the rogues that would ultimately control Central City. I like the idea of Mirror Master being such a powerful, you know, villain of the future especially since we've only really seen him once and not really in too great of a capacity. I mean, like he did, obviously he had a, a cool power set. He, he, you know, caused some trip ups for Barry, but yeah. we haven't really seen him on the level of say a captain cold, which I know when mirror master first appeared on the scene, bell, you actually speculated that perhaps he would end up being the new leader of the rogues. Yeah. I, I thought we might see something like that and, and it's still potential, but like, and that was the thing that was weird to me is it was just, the only the only two metas that we saw controlling Central City in the absence of the Flash was Mirror Master and Top. Like I was thinking that we might see others and that there might be some little hint at the rogues uh, 
in this episode, but you know, it was just the two. So, I mean, you know, you got scheduling and you got all that other kind of stuff that probably prevents you from getting a bunch of other actors well, on the sure. show, but yeah, but, but yeah, I, I, I was happy with that. I mean, at least there were two, I was glad it wasn't just one. Like I was hoping there'd be multiples because you know, there's a lot of rogues, but, uh, yeah, I, I was happy with, with mirror master and, um, uh, and top run in the city. Well, and the story is less about like, you know, what if the villains, you know, ruled central city and it's more of like what, what happens when, Barry loses all hope, right? Because the impact is on the team more so than the city. I feel like season two, the 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 pressure that we felt from the villains was more on like the city itself, whereas here it's really more about the characters. And I I, I love that. That's part of why I've been enjoying the season so much is it's extremely character driven. It makes sense that um, perhaps we wouldn't spend as much time figuring out what you know, the layout of the land is, right? Like you know, with 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 Barry. Because, you know, they could even go even further, right? Like, nobody made made reference to Star City at this time. Perhaps with Barry not in play, supervillains could, like, not just run Central City, but perhaps even Star City, perhaps America, perhaps the world. You know what I mean? Like, without superheroes, uh, supervillains have nothing to keep them in check. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, the only real inkling we got of anything was the newscast, but they didn't really mention anything other yeah. than uh, Top and Glider. Yeah. They uh, so I, I got to say, of course, that uh, there was a, a very special moment before Barry did finally come back to the present, uh, where he tells Cisco, you know, I'm I'm gonna like he mentions he's gonna save him, he's gonna stop this from happening. He says you're too good of a superhero, and that is the first time. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the first time we've actually heard somebody refer to Cisco as a superhero. That was special, man. You think about who Cisco is, who he's been from the beginning of the series. You know, he's got this hardcore hero worship all the way through. He's geeking out from day one, interacting with the Flash. You know, like he he lives in this world. Even once he gets his powers and he deals with kind of the psychological impact of everything that's going around him, he's always seen himself as very much kind of an Anakin Skywalker type of character, right? Like, I just want to use these powers for good. This is the first time that there's that acknowledgement, one established hero to another, that's not like, you're on my support team, but like, no, you're one of us. And yeah, that- like an independent hero. Huge, man. That that moment right there rung very true to me. I love that. Well, it's good to see Cisco getting some getting some props, you know? I mean, the, the guy works hard, and he, and, he, and he puts in the time, and he should get recognized for it. That's right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> All right, so- Time travel, you know, we got time travel in play. And uh, here on this show on Flash TV Talk, uh, for if, if this is your first time listening, uh, we should go ahead and tell you, we, we like to dive in a little conceptually on the time travel. We like to uh, try to figure out how the Flash establishes its rules with time travel and that sort of thing. We take time travel seriously on this podcast. It's it's just a fact. So you don't have to. Yeah, we take it seriously so you don't have to. I like that. That should be our new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Throw out accelerating your fan- fandom and go, uh, taking time travel seriously so you don't have to. Yes. All right, Bell. we had Me. two flashes existing in the exact same universe for an established period of time yes where were the time wraiths what is the primary difference between when the last time we saw time wraiths and when we saw time wraiths now um future versus past exactly okay make your case what i'm guessing is that present barry is the 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 baseline right for everything like so there's 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 present barry yes. and then there's we we have established our assumption, uh, kind of our thesis for for the show. 
which is that Barry is time. Yes. He is the reason that all time exists and all time exists as it does because Barry. That's the only explanation for how time travel works on this series. Now there's other elements that are involved. Legend of Tomorrow. There's other ele- elements that are involved for sure. But yeah. as we understand it, present Barry is all time in existence right then and there. As he ex- as he experiences time, that is time. Yes. And so we're only really concerned with present Barry. Okay. And I think, I mean, my guess, since, you know, Barry's been to the future three times now in this season, and we never once seen a time. Right. In this season. Yeah, because he uh, the first time was an accident. The second time was on purpose to get the data. And then the third time was no, the second time was a vibe. It wasn't him actively going to the future. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he vibed it. Okay, uh, so that doesn't count. So it's just two times once on accident and then once in the far future past the the Savitar uh, Iris murder scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm guessing that maybe it has something to do with the fact that uh, uh, manipulation of the past is worse than manipulation of the future because you can't really manipulate the future but you can manipulate the past i don't know because it seems like right now okay yeah you're able to manipulate the past because barry's done it but everything that they've tried to do to manipulate the future they haven't been able to do that's because it hasn't happened yet yeah yeah yeah. okay all right i completely and 100 percent agree with you all the way through um, it makes sense, right? If you go and you change the past, that causes all kinds of problems for the present. That like, causes present Barry to be affected, and you can't cause present Barry to be affected. Well, theoretically, it does. It, it, it I mean, like I guess it did in, in, in Flashpoint. So sure, yes, yes. Eventually, one way or the other, it ends up creating that that problem. Uh, but you're right, Barry, present Barry going to the future, and like you know, technically everything that he experienced, the reality of everything that he experienced is that if he's successful, none of this will matter, right? Like from his perspective, none of this timeline should exist if he correctly adjusts the present, and he's still operating on that assumption. But you know, like I said, it's Barry. He's full of hope. He's there to to save the day. He sees his friend hurting, and he wants to help, and he wants to help him here and now because that's what Cisco's asking for. They did such a great job of telling that story. I, that, I just. I love that, man. I love I love those man, two characters. Sadsko was like, that's the saddest Sadsko we've ever seen. <laughs> the saddest Sadsko we've ever got. I mean, we've seen Sadsko before, but like nothing compared to future Sadsko. Yeah, yeah. Future Sadsko <laughs> takes but it like, to it, a it's when it, 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 uh, Gosh, and Carlos Valdez did such a good job this episode because you could just tell like he was a broken person. But when he looked at young Barry, just you could see like could his see eyes it. just light up in yes. a way. And it was just, it was like, wow. That's, I mean, like uh, hats off for that acting right there. Cause you're exactly right. It's like it's something inside of him awoke and you saw that breaking through in that expression that he had in that moment, man, that Especially is. Especially when he felt so guilty for keeping him there, you know, when, uh, when yes. Barry finally, re- yeah, he was yes. like, cause, cause he, yeah, cause he, he wanted his buddy. <laughs> such a good job. Such oh good my job. gosh. Give that man an Emmy. Are you kidding me? That was incredible. That was so good. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so one way or the other. Yeah, uh, from a time travel standpoint, I think you're absolutely right. Time wraiths get involved because that the because present person present Barry specifically going to the past has implications for the entire timeline, as opposed to like people who don't matter. Say Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, they they you know everything they do the time <laughs> doesn't matter because Barry is time, and so they're not doing anything to Barry. They're just 
who knows what it is they're doing but point being i don't think they know what they're doing the time race don't show up go watch and listen to legends tv talk yeah the time race don't show up for legends of tomorrow because in the end they they are change the changes they make don't impact what is kind of the true timeline whereas the changes that barry makes clearly does and so therefore the time rates exist in some form of policing effort or maybe as antibodies to the timeline to stop you know, that kind of alteration of present in past. However, like you say, going to the future, it doesn't cause that kind of risk. So I'm with you, man. I think, I think that's, I think that's a solid explanation and I think it definitely works. Yeah. Like Captain Dooley said in the chat, according to Hunter Zolomon, the time rates are the speed forces enforcers. So yeah, like in this case, they don't feel like there's anything to enforce because the future hasn't happened yet. And so, uh, it's, it's nothing for them to get concerned with, but, uh, since since Barry can't affect himself by doing anything in the future, only by doing stuff in the past can he affect his present self, then that's when they get involved. I, I guess is what it seems like. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Barry, let's let's I'm pulling for Barry to uh, correct course here, because if he does not, um, the future is filled with a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes. <laughs> I'm just saying team flash got very like all male real quick. Like he, he goes and pulls it in like, wait, like, like nobody stopped to look around like, wait, there's just a bunch of dudes here. Oh, yeah. All the ladies are either dead or evil. <laughs> wait, speaking of ladies, <laughs> what happened to Joe's lady? We never saw her in the future. Nah, he's a broken man. I, I think I think I would imagine that, you know, losing one of his children and the other one becoming paralyzed probably puts a strain on the relationship. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's understandable. I'm just but I mean, yeah, I figured she not not faulting her for not sticking with him if he's going to be all like, you know, mopey and stuff. But. I'm just saying that's a hard thing for any relationship. Um, for sure. I can imagine. All right, let's 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 dive into it, man. Like when it all comes down to it, this is it, right? We we this episode was uh continuing on the theme of what has been the last several episodes, which is who is Savitar? That's been the question for this entire half of the season. Trying to figure that out, get that information as if that information is gonna somehow fix everything that's gonna happen, help Barry prepare. Yes, he's got some tools to maybe up you know, update the timeline in terms of making sure he's got a way to trap Savitar. But one way or the other, the question still remains, who is Savitar? And I remember actually being very frustrated watching this episode, thinking like, they have really got to tell us by the end of this episode. Otherwise, I don't think I can take another tease, like hour long tease as to who Savitar is. And can they please just tell us at the beginning of the next episode? Just like, well, so that's the thing. Next episode, we know or at least it has been announced that next episode, we will know who Savitar is, which means this is the last one, man. This is the last episode of Flash TV Talk where we can have a legitimate speedster speculation. Who is Savitar? Now, almost all season long, I've been making the case for H, you know, HR Avatar with HR being Savitar. It ain't HR. I'm, I'm wrong. Wrong, yeah, wrong, wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. wrong. Yeah, I'm totally wrong. You're, you're you're Kevin Spacey in Superman Returns wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Wrong. That's me. <laughs> totally. Thank you for me. catching that reference. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I did. So yeah, I'm I'm completely wrong. Uh let me ask you, Bell. Yes. I mean, we have to address it, right? At the very end of this episode, you got the Savitar stepping out of the suit. We got this, you know, Caitlin Snow, Killer Frost, who's like, I'm I'm not doing anything that you say. All of a sudden she sees who it is and like, you know, she's all absolutely I do. There's been a gear shift almost immediate. 
that's new information. We, we got a chance to see future versions of almost all of our characters and what they look like and, and, and where their future is. We got some information a little bit about this, like the, the final fight between Barry and Speech uh, and, uh, and Savitar. Who do you, Matthew Bell, who do you think Savitar is? Uh, first off, I think it's funny you said we have to address this when uh, you should have said we have to undress this because that's what Savitar <laughs> did this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, he was wearing clothes underneath. That would have been. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, and, I, and I know, I know I'm not the only one that did this. Uh, I freeze framed it and went through every single uh, a, a pain of that leg that we see. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't? I mean, let's be honest. But here's the thing. You know, that's not the actual actor or actress. Like, it's just that's a stand in whoever it I is. I was looking at the costume. I was looking at the to see if there's any like hints in what he was wearing. No. It was just like a it's the uh, same thing. Remember the Iron Mask? Like that wasn't John Wesley ship wearing an Iron Mask every single episode. That was just like a stand in. No, it wasn't. Come on. I know. Yeah. Why would you pay an actor <laughs> to sit in a mask? You know, you're not paying out that. That John Wesley ship money to have him sit there in a mask. Yeah, you don't pay JWS money to have it to have him no, sit in a mask. The man is a legend. That's not going to happen. Anyway, yeah, yeah. No offense uh, to the stand-in who who did wear the mask. By the way, let us know. We'd love to interview you on the show. For, for real, that'd be cool, man. You got to you know get money, get paid. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, oh man. Okay, so here, here's the stuff we have to take into into consideration. Here. All right, uh, Caitlin goes from totally skeptical like why would i trust anybody to tell me what it is i need to do the look on her face just sold it that she knows that this is somebody that she had no idea that it would be that person yep and that and that she was had complete trust in who this person was yeah yeah and so she's completely trust this person so who could that be who who would she right just just turn on yep all of her friends for for no reason or not I guess not really for no reason but like you know just just completely just give into a hundred percent and trust a hundred percent and do what they tell her to just upon seeing that person yep she became a true believer in that moment I mean the only person that really comes to mind that could have that effect on her is Ronnie Raymond okay right right like but in then, terms but of then but then I think about like Ronnie like how Okay, wait, throw out. I know. I look. There's there's thousands of ways that you can like explain why it's not Ronnie, <laughs> but but that kind of reaction out of Caitlyn, based on everything that we as viewers have seen, uh, makes sense, right? Like that's the that's the only person that immediately jumps to mind in terms of having that kind of impact on her. Uh, be her, you know, be she Caitlyn in her right mind, or even the Killer Frost persona. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing with that. We don't know this Caitlin's history. We have not seen it. We have not lived it. We have kind of an idea. We know it's very similar to what we saw in season one and uh, and two of The Flash. But for the most part, we don't know what her personal history is. We haven't we haven't experienced what she's experienced. We haven't. Same thing with Cisco, man. We haven't. We don't. We don't know much about this Cisco's history. The Cisco that Except we his brother's dead. We know that because Sadsco. But but we don't know much about these two characters and what their quote unquote year one, what season one was for them, what season two was for them. There could be completely different relationships. Remember, Julian is very much kind of tied into the experience of all of these characters by the time that Barry gets back from Flashpoint. So the idea that somebody that she sees has this kind of impact on her, we can't go based off of what we know 
from her relationship with Ronnie from season one, because that's not this character's history. I mean, can we can we safely assume that, though? We can safely. I think it is safe to assume that this character had a very similar personal history and personal connection to Ronnie that, you know, the Caitlin of season one did have. I think that's a safe assumption. But I do. I, I still feel like we can't draw too heavily on that as kind of a source for what would cause this kind of inspiration out of her. Because yeah. again, that doesn't matter. That timeline is, it's not a complete wash, but it's not like solid. You know what I mean? Like it's not solid evidence. Yeah, I know. But like who else would elicit that reaction from her? I just don't like, okay. Uh, okay so, so, so let, yeah, let's yeah. assume for a second it's future Barry. Well, no, no, let's, 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 no, 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 you, you put yours in, man. I haven't gotten a chance to put mine in yet. So you say, you say Ronnie, but here's the, here's the deal. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying Ronnie. I'm saying I, I, I'm going through the uh, the motions here of like of all these potential candidates. Oh, you're still processing. We've had 24 yeah. hours, man. Like, what, what, what have you been doing all day? Work? Come on. This is the flash. I'm talking you through my process, right? Hit me. This, this, this is what I'm doing. I'm talking you through my process. So, like, at first, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, that makes the most sense of, based on her reaction. That yeah, it would be Ronnie. But uh, I, you know, I'm trying to rationalize. Okay, so who else? Okay, we got Future Barry. That's a possibility. Uh, but future Barry, why would, I don't think she'd have the same reaction. I think she'd, she'd be more like WTF, you know, if it was future Barry, she'd be like, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. I could, I could see both reactions. So, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say whatever. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm sure they, they'll find a way to do it and just say it's Ronnie Raymond. All right. Consider what was said very specifically to her before the reveal. Because she was like, she was pressing him, right? Like, oh, what do you want to do? Do you want to make me back? You want to fix me? You want to make me Caitlyn again? And Savitar is going to her and saying, like, no, I want to unleash you. I want to give in to the true you. I want to support you. I want to, I want to make, I want you to be exactly who you are right now. And I want to fuel you to make that happen. And she's like, well, how can I trust you? He comes out. I've it's made Joe. the no. I've made the argument several it's times. Blossom. <laughs> it's too it's too skinny to be Russell Glosson. I don't know that that uh, I don't know that suit cut the pounds right there. That's true. Here's the deal. I have made the case several times that I am not a huge fan of the concept of the villain being revealed to be a future Flash, and I don't think it is a future Flash. I don't think that it. Well, I mean, what I mean by that is I don't think it's the Flash that we saw this episode. I don't think it's emo Flash. That's not who I think Savitar is. Okay. However, I do think the person that popped out of that suit, I think was a version of Barry Allen. I think that this episode gave us the reveal and kind of the setup, right? That Barry even future Barry tells him his past self, like you'll even use time remnants to try to, to try to take him down. That was a very revealing moment. That reminded me very heavily of that moment between uh, Barry and his dad, where he's like, oh, Garrick, oh, that was my mother's maiden name. And we were like, oh, that's a red herring. Nope, that was not a red herring. I think what we just got with that time remnants, it makes sense to me. And yes, to some extent, I'm borrowing from Derek Russell's uh, theory from Starkville Labs. I think, I think he may be onto something. I think what we're seeing is a time remnant that was created during that fight. I don't know what happened to that time remnant, but I think the suit is used to keep that time remnant hidden from the time wraiths or more accurately, the black flash because black flash would actually be stepping in to, you know, stop a time remnant who's existing beyond his, you know, beyond just a moment. And so I think that that person that she saw 
that stepped out looked a whole lot like Barry Allen. But instead of the Barry Allen that wants to try to fix her, it's a Barry Allen that wants to make her who she truly is in, in the form of Killer Frost and support her in her villainy. And so that's what she wants, right? Like to some extent, we've seen a Caitlin who has, she's not pining for Barry in the same way that like Felicity pines for Oliver or, or did in, in kind of the earlier seasons. But we've seen a connection between the two. And I mean, you know, hashtag Snowberry fans are out there. They, they want to see that happen. I'm wondering if it's her friend, but it's her friend that wants her to be evil. And so that's why she's like, oh, I am totally into this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like Ronnie's just way out of left field, but it would elicit the same reaction to her. But I'm kind of in your camp, like the future Barry thing. It's going to take a, a lot of explaining to explain to me how Barry. I mean, we saw emo Barry, so we saw he can be broken. Uh but I still think that that Barry is a long way away, if, sure. if ever, from becoming a Savitar. Well, we don't know what we don't know what happened. In fact, actually, Savitar very specifically said that part of what happened was you know being locked in the Speed Force drove him crazy. And Wana Pineapple makes a con- comment in the chat here. He says, "Time remnants aren't their own person. What we've seen is that they're just sort of a copy that can be used for a short time. That's true, except what we've seen from Eobard's time remnant." Uh, that was used in um, oh, in Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, technically, that entire version of Eobard should not exist. Like he he kind of represents a time remnant. I, I kind of maybe it's it might be a bit of a terminology here, but I see a time remnant as a a, a an existing version of a speedster that should not exist in the in the time that they currently exist. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's where uh, so Barry goes into the future and he comes back before he left, which means that there's one of them who is about to go into the future. So yeah, it, it's there, it's two berries, I think, and then just you know, yeah. like when he sacrificed himself at the end of season two, that was a berry, that was a fully realized Barry Allen. Yeah, that's it, right. It, and yeah, that and that's that's exactly correct. And I guess now that I'm saying, you know, I, thinking through what I just said, I guess Eobard that we saw in Legends of Tomorrow is not a time remnant because there's not two concurrent existing Eobard Thons at that moment. But you're exactly right. Like he's the, a time aberration, is what he is. Yeah, technically speaking, Barry, uh, Barry going back in time and existing during his previous self is a time remnant. Like, right? Or is it the future version? Yeah, because yeah, the future version of him in that in that time and that timeline is a time remnant uh no I, his past version would i think technically be the remnant okay so the past version well but doesn't the ooh, all right so <laughs> this is where it gets complicated so barry barry created a time remnant when he fought zoom yes. uh yes okay and and as we said stated then as you just restated now that time remnant is him. It's just him on a different time time level. So literally the time remnant was the one that sacrificed himself, which can't be a previous version of him. It has to be the future version of him. Yeah, it has to be the future version of him. Yeah. All right. So from that standpoint, in the episode where Barry goes back into season one, the Barry that went back into season one is the time remnant. The future version of him is the time remnant. Yes, because if you remember... Because the Wraith uh, was Zoom, after him, yeah. Yeah, Zoom said he had to convince his time remnants to to die. Like that that that's what he said. Like, you know, because yeah. there are several several time remnants that he used to that he killed 
Uh, he had to convince Which doesn't them make to it, do so. Yeah, that, there's a bit of a continuity error in that situation. I mean, part of it is like, because technically speaking, the future, like the, the version of him that exists in concurrent, like, you know, whatever with the other version is the one that has to die. Like that's a suicidal choice if in, in on Zoom's part. And so the idea that his time remnant would have to be convinced to die. Yeah, I get that they're like a second apart from each other. So it's like very, you know, kind of there's almost no difference in, in the two from that standpoint. So it's maybe like he creates a time remnant. The time remnant knows that he, you know, he made the choice to exist in that moment to die, but probably took a little bit further convincing. So you can headcanon your way around it. But one way or the other, the time remnant is the future version of the, the speedster that exists in the past. I think so. Yeah. Be it a second or several years like we saw in, you know, season two. But if you travel, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's odd. It's just, so you, what you're saying is, is basically like this, this is probably a time remnant that escaped and made the suit to be invisible from time rates. Yeah, maybe I think this, I mean, if it is a time remnant, one assumes that the suit protects him from the time rates. See, I'm just wondering, because like, okay, so what are Or the know? Black Flash, right? Because, all right, so time rates get involved. All right, so this is where we get into the, the policing, right? This is where we try to figure this, this part out. All right, so the time rates get involved when somebody from the present, try, or well, specifically a speedster from the present, tries to adjust the past. Eobard spent the entire season doing the best he could to make sure that he did not you know, throw off the present, right? Like he made changes, but he was very specific to make sure that the future stayed intact. So as to not both a erase himself and B cause time race to come in and like rip him out. Although there yeah. might be an argument as to whether or not the time race would even care because at that point he wasn't a speedster until later on in the season, a whole nother thing. So the time race don't get involved unless the speedster is in the past. So if a time remnant exists beyond the past, Right, because Savitar now exists outside of time. Now we're talking to Eobard Thawne in Legends. Now we're talking to Speedster who should not exist beyond so that's Black Flash territory. That's Black Flash territory. That's when in the time race calling the big guns, which is the Black Flash. I think perhaps the suit that he's wearing is protecting this weird. I, again, I'm not a big fan of evil Barry Allen. I don't like. I don't like it to be future Barry Allen. I don't like it to be time remnants. I don't like the idea of an evil Barry Allen, but. If it is, I, I think all signs point to that, then the suit is protecting him from the Black Flash or the Time Wraiths or whatever uh, from knowing that he exists. And therefore, you know. Well, I don't know, though, because so here's the deal, right? In, in Legends, uh, Eobard was constantly on the move because he constantly had to avoid the Black Flash. He didn't have the suit. Savitar's kind of constantly on the move. We don't, he, he didn't stay in one place for very long. Uh, well, right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the whole, I don't know. The suit just makes me want to think that it's not a speedster, but who else has experienced all of this stuff? You know, that that's, that's what Savitar said. He's like, I've lived all of this. So like, you think the suit is generating the speed? I, I don't think a suit can make him faster than Barry or Wally or any speedster. Like that, that's, that's art. I mean, granted blue is artificial. Huh? Okay, blue I lightning, mean, uh, referencing there specifically the blue lightning is typically an indication of a speed that is fast, but not you know sourced from the speed force, which means it would imply that it's artificial. So theoretically speaking, that would match up with kind of the lore that the show has established there. Gunnar in the chat is saying cobalt blue. Um, 
Maybe. I mean, don't forget. I mean, part of what we've gotten all season long is that Savitar has said very specifically that he has he has actively experienced this. Everything that is happening in our present is his past. And so it would I mean, it makes sense that I'm, I'm, I'm look, here's here's what it is. When it all comes down to it, I'm throwing it in. I think it's a time remnant. I think it's a very time remnant. And um, I, I've been masterfully yeah, why, done. Why I'm just not a big Iris. fan. Say what? Why would Barry kill Iris? What? Because if Barry doesn't kill, if if Savitar doesn't, if Savitar Barry doesn't kill Iris, then Savitar Barry would never exist. He says to her very specifically, "It's either you or me." And so, if Sa- like you know what I mean, so if Barry, so he stops has to create himself by killing killing her. Iris. Yeah, or at least that's what his understanding is. Theoretically speaking, Barry saves the day locks this Savitar into the Speed Force, thus securing season three from not being erased from time. And yet, you know, problems. <laughs> time travel problems. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just weird. It is weird. It's it's um it's complicated. But look, we got a lot of uh a lot of thoughts uh in terms of speedster speculation. Like this is this is gonna go into it. So man, let's jump into some listener feedback. Hey guys, this is Chad Rook and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right. So uh, first one comes from Terrell, a.k.a. The First, who, by the way, is in the uh, the, the live chat tonight. What's up, The First? Uh, Bell, you want to read what he's got? Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. After last night's episode, I was convinced that Future Barry slash Blue Flash is Savitar. I was all ready to get on board with the season two finale time rent being Savitar until I went back and watched every conversation Savitar had with Team Flash. I think I have it figured out, and I point to three specific things that Savitar has said. Number one, he keeps using the phrase, I lived this already. Being from the future and having knowledge of what has already happened is totally different than actually living it. So it is clearly someone on Team Flash. Number two, Savitar quoted Reverb in saying that Reverb told Cisco that he could be a god, but he chose to be tech support. Barry is the only other person privy to that conversation, as he is the one who came in and saved Cisco from Reverb. And number three, the most important clue, in my opinion, when Barry asked Savitar why they were enemies, Savitar replied, because we had to be. Only one of us could live. And when Savitar addressed Iris, he said, I'm sorry you have to die, but it's you or me. He did not even remember him saying that to Iris, mm. but it leads me to believe that Savitar is the manifestation of Barry's dark side, a side that Barry would never let out, hence Savitar telling Barry only one of them could live. And a side that would never see the light of day as long as Barry's lightning rod was around. So here's my theory. I think that at some point in the future, Barry comes into direct contact with the Philosopher's Stone, something that is yet to happen, and somehow a physical manifestation of Barry's evil side is born. Either way, it's Barry Allen. Love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So so basically, it's it's going to be one of those things where uh, like a red kryptonite kind of or, or Superman three sort of thing where Superman's evil side <laughs> becomes a physical thing. And I know Superman three is a terrible example. Yeah. Drunk Superman. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But uh, OK. So so th- is this going to be like a physical split or is this going to be the evil side taking over his body? That's that's what I'm interested uh, in. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. So. So. OK. So we got Superman three, Barry. Is Savitar? I like it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. No. I, I'm. I'm. I'm following you. I'm following you. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. I the, a lot of those arguments, I would say that I'm starting to buy into in terms of it being Barry. I don't know. 
I don't know about the sorcerer's uh, stone being kind of the 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 source of what turns him into Savitar, but who knows? Very possible. Well, I mean, though, that makes perfect sense because the sorcerer's stone has been key and fundamental to all of like Savitar from the very beginning. Let's not forget that HR was the only one in the future that actually had a positive future version of himself. I mean, like, I, I never mind. It's not HR. Never mind. <laughs> it's yeah. It ain't gonna happen. What did Ross C. Cam- uh, Campbell say? Uh, Ross C. Campbell writes. Ronnie would be the obvious choice. Perhaps when he and Stein separated in the singularity, Ronnie was thrown into the speed force or back in time became Savitar. I still like the idea of it being a darker future Barry. Yeah, I, I agree, Ross. I'm I, I'm pretty sold on the fact that it's a future Barry. I mean, it, nothing else makes any more sense. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I, th- I think Ronnie would make sense, too. But yeah, it's got to be future Barry. Well, you know, future Barry using that terminology is a little off-putting. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're using that as kind of like a, a future as in different from well, this, Barry. I don't yeah. think it's a future, Barry. I want to make, be very clear about that. No, it's um, future evil, Barry, like the first set, right? Well, it's it, so it's not hopeless, Barry, of this timeline. Like, I feel like we wouldn't have gotten a redemption for this this version of Barry Allen if this version of Barry Allen was going to be Savitar. So it's not that future, Barry, nor is it a future of this Barry, of our Barry, uh, in, in more, I'm well, in the sense that it is a time remnant of this Barry. I like that. That's, it gets a little wishy washy oh, there. You know okay, what I'm saying? So the first, the first clarified here, uh, in the chat, uh, they wrote, uh, this, that, that's why I think it is present day Barry, just his evil side. Hence why they can't both live. No, I, I got it, that. Yeah. No, it's, it's an Onyx situation is, is basically what the first is proposing. Onyx from Smallville. There was an episode in which, um, Lex Luthor comes in contact with black kryptonite. In fact, black kryptonite was something that was introduced on the television series Smallville. And the idea was that it would break, uh, a character into two. And so, um, I mean, it was introduced before the, the episode of Onyx, but in Onyx, Lex Luthor comes into contact with Black Kryptonite and it splits him up into an, a, a good version of himself and an evil side of himself. Um, earlier in the series, it was used to kind of separate, you know, quote unquote, Kal-El, this kind of, you know, a, a mind controlled version of Clark from Clark, his more humane side. Uh, so, I mean, like, you know, I, I get that. I, I definitely see see that theory. But in terms of Ross's theory specifically, where, where we're kind of referring to future Flash, I just want to be clear. Like it, well, that is to say, it's a little unclear as to when some of these theories come in as to what is meant by future Flash, because that could actually mean a lot of different things. Yeah. What did what did Will Benson say? Uh, Will Benson, my co-host on Legends TV Talk, which I mean, unfortunately, we're out of the season right now, but you should listen to our back stuff because it's good. Anyway, uh, Will writes, at first, by her reaction, I thought either Julian or Barry, but since she's Frost and not Caitlin, I got to think it's either Hunter Zolomon, groan, (laughs) or Ronnie somehow got speedster powers from the Vortex when he separated from Stein. Yeah, you know, I thought about Zolomon. I did think about Zolomon, except for the fact that obviously, you know, he's black flashing it up. Um, Julian... It's still a possibility because we don't actually, hmm. there would need to be some explanation as to how Julian could exist in the future, the dark future uh, version of this timeline. A Superman three, like the first said, nah. maybe it's Julian's dark evil side that got pulled out. Nah, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, but, but one way or the other, I, I suppose it, Julian's still in play. I'm, I'm definitely not writing him off. I'm definitely not writing him off. Uh, Hunter Zolomon, Zolomon is Black Flash, and they they've established that very very heavily in this universe. So I'd I'd be surprised if if we found out that it was him. But I I did think about that. Uh, and another William William Marchbanks. What did he have to say? 
Uh, William writes, never been more convinced that Julian is Savitar. He's the only one that was not disoriented when the Flash super sped him into the HQ. And I believe that for a while, uh, Julian was in love with Killer Frost and not Caitlin. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That is absolutely fair. Like I said, Julian is definitely in place. All right. So when it comes down to it, uh, line in the sand belt next week, we're going to find out who do you think it's going to be? Uh, if it's Julian, I don't know how the heck he got a speedster suit. If it's Barry, I really like the first, uh, three theory. (laughs) I I got, I got to rationalize. No, no, no. You're showing your math. I got you. I got you. Yeah. And I, I got to, sh- yeah, I got it. And then, uh, uh, the, the Ronnie thing, I mean, that would elicit the reaction from Caitlin, but it doesn't make any sense at all. So I'm going to have to say the first, I got to give it to you, man. Superman three style, uh, evil Barry, the, the, the philosopher's stone did something to him, pulled out his evil. And, and this makes, this makes sense too, because, uh, you know, Barry has been kind of forgetting the lessons that he learns each season and, and he's becoming like, you know, mm. uh, uh, sort of like he forgets about how to be a hero. It seems every season. And so I think that's because of this negative side of him. So I think this negative side is going to be pulled out and season four. Barry is going to be like the, the, the hopeful, happy perma, you know, perma, happy, hopey, hopeful Barry uh, in season four. And I think in order to do that, he has to purge his evil side, uh, a la fighting his Superman three evil side. Okay. You're going the drunk Superman route. Um, I'm, yes. I'm going with the time remnant. I think it's Barry time remnant, which by the way, so just to be very clear on this, both situations, Savitar, the, the person that steps out of the suit is going to look like Barry Allen, but our theories are very different. That's yes. I just want to make sure that's clear. So, yeah. All right. So you're thinking an evil version of Barry Allen that is created by something, probably the, the, the Philosopher's Stone. I'm saying it's a, a time remnant gone wrong. Julian. It's freaking Julian. I know. I know, I know. We both think it's like, as a thing. Like now that we're, neither one of us is taking that route. That means it's almost guaranteed to be Julian. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that's that'll be great. Well, we'll find out. I mean, we're just a week away. Should be good. Yeah, should be good. All right. Uh, hey, we got some listener feedback uh, to the uh, the actual show itself. Uh, well, the, the actual sh- the actual podcast itself from uh, D Golbul D Golub eight eight eight. All right. So, what did D say? Uh, they wrote one thousand out of one hundred. When I heard that there would be a TV show about the Flash coming, I was a bit skeptical as to how it would work. I watched the first three episodes with some interest. I looked for a podcast that would help catch up on some Flash lore and stumbled upon Flash TV Talk. Bo and Bell most certainly know the ins and outs and histories of the comics uh, of such iconic characters as Barry Allen, Wally West, Eobard Thawne, etc. And it's a great job to listen to them discuss and analyze current episodes and speculate about future developments. It's thanks to them, not taking away anything from the production crew, actors, actresses, etc., of course, that I saw the possibilities of what this show and its characters could bring that I fell in love with this show and started to uh, to watch Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl with enthusiasm, as well as as get into comic book collecting and reading. I guess it's true that Barry is a paragon of hope. Anyway, keep up the great work, Bowen Bell. Uh, insert Tom Cavanaugh voiceover. Run Flash TV talk. Run. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's really good news. I'm really glad that we could, uh, you know, help expand your fandom there because it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there, and, and and there's a lot of great comic books as well. 
so so that's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's high praise. And by the way, if you have not done so already, head over to iTunes, write us a review. Those goes a long way to help fuel us up. Uh, and actually, we are just one review away from giving away another digital comic. So hey, if you would like to win a digital comic, put your name in the running, head over to iTunes, write us a review. It's a great way to do it without spending a dime. By the way, I, I want to give a, a quick shout out real quick to Joyce. Uh, Joyce, you know why I'm giving you a shout out. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We'll read it once we get there. But one way or the other, I really appreciate it. So shout out to Joyce. That's right. Thousands of you listening right now. And I gave a shout out to one very specific <laughs> listener. <laughs> that's uh, Because that's what we do here at Flash TV Talk. Hey, by the way, if you want to help make the show happen beyond just writing us a review, which, by the way, we love, uh, become a patron. Help make sure that this show happens. I can't stress enough how this season, Flash TV Talk, is still going very specifically because of those of you who are becoming patrons that are helping support the show. At even just a dollar an episode, it goes a long way uh, to making sure this this content happens. And by the way, at becoming a a patron for just a dollar an episode, you get the unlocked full archive of Flash TV Talk going all the way back to our season zero, including our entire first season of Arrow Review and much, much more. Uh, great rewards on the horizon, including, uh, you know, Young Justice TV talk and, and a lot of great stuff. By the way, did you see the news about Young Justice? Uh, yeah. And I'm kind of, you know, uh, I'm excited about Young Justice. I'm not excited about having another streaming service to have to pay for. Uh, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But one way or the other, I am glad to see that uh, Young Justice is coming back. That content is great. Don't worry. It's the Internet. You'll be able to get it one way or the other. That's true. <laughs> probably, That's true. Probably shouldn't say that, but it's just the reality. Um, one way or the other, speaking of getting in touch with us through the internet channels, you've got us on Twitter. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at potestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And special thanks, as always, to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. Okay, so Uh, let's talk about this for a second real quick. So Charlie Bach has been providing our outro music since almost the beginning. Um, And we love Charlie. He's done an amazing job. Obviously, for those of you who stick around and listen to the outro music every single week, we've got a Flash uh, rock theme that he put together. Uh, Charlie hooked us up with something a little bit new. He knew we were doing the Arrow TV Talk Season 2 review that is currently in your feed. And um, he'd been working on something for several years. And actually, Bell, why don't you read off what, what Charlie sent us? I shall. Friends, it's been a long time coming and quite a struggle at that. However, after what seems like five years on a hellish island, I've completed my take on the Arrow theme song. Uh, a large part of me still really hates it. <laughs> However, another large part of me acknowledges that I can't keep re-re-re-recording all the parts because they're not perfect. They're not as perfect as I want them to be. I've got multiple four-measure lines that have well over 100 takes each, which is, well, just insane. I'd be asked never to return to a professional recording studio. <laughs> alas, a third part of uh, alas, a third part of it is uh, I'm pretty happy with. Compared to my take on the Flash theme, this one is longer, darker, more brooding-er, and probably not as accessible. As I said before, it was hard to make a cohesive song from the Arrow theme, which is just one long build-up. And I incorporated a lot of elements from the long version from the theme uh, that most people that watch the show don't hear very often. I definitely took some liberties with a lot of the parts, but I think it all comes together if listened to all the way through. I've agonized over a lot of it, and I definitely hesitated returning to work on it. However, when I heard you, uh, your Arrow Season 2 show was coming out, I was lured back into it. Thanks for the motivation, guys, and I hope you enjoy it. I'll try to post it soon. 
and I should end up, uh, or should I end up not touching up any more parts on it? <laughs> well, I'm glad to say that we will be debuting. Yes, in fact, uh, Charlie's Arrow theme and our Arrow inspired theme song. Uh, that'll be our outro music for this particular episode. You can find links to go directly to SoundCloud to find that as well. Y'all, be sure to show Charlie a lot of love. He puts a ton of work into his craft, and the man is super, super talented. If you have enjoyed his Flash theme, as I have, I mean, I'm, I run to that song. I, I, I run almost every single day, and I always listen to his version of the Flash theme and uh, just love what he did with the Arrow theme. Show him a lot of love. Big ups to Charlie for helping and providing our outro music. Guys, don't forget to tune in. Uh, every single week as we build up to the season finale of season three don't forget the penultimate episode on May 16th after that episode airs we will be doing a live uh, gamer meetup on Xbox Live and PS4 and Injustice 2 details on that on Facebook Twitter you can find all the information there and don't worry we got a lot of fun stuff coming we're all going to know the answers in the next episode and we'll be back in a flash
Rogue Media. <laughs> if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.